You're listening to Spice Radio with Mankir Ajalon. We are speaking to Jennifer Hyten. She is a teacher in BC. We're going to talk about our provincial health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry's announcement yesterday and how teachers are doing. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. Now, Jennifer, what's your reaction to yesterday's press conference? My reaction is ex- um, I'm extremely disappointed that they decided to stick with a vaccine-only approach, um, which is not enough. I mean, the facts are, let's look at the facts. The facts are is that flu, RSV, and COVID are overwhelming pediatric emergency departments, uh, so much so that BC Children's has got a second emergency department set up, um, and there are still long wait times. There are three BC children who have died of flu complications, and their ages were five, six, and nine. Those are school-aged children, and that is just in November. We still have not gone through December, January, and February yet. And another fact is is that schools have um, 30 to 50% absenteeism in several classrooms around the province. These are teachers and parents reporting this. So... This is not a normal year, and just sticking with vaccine-only approach is not enough, especially when uh, there has not been enough um, people uptaking the vaccines up to this point, and yet now we're in the throes of it. So the time to have really ramped up the vaccinations would have been earlier on. I mean, now still it's good they're encouraging it, but they need to do more. And what do you think of the messaging that we are seeing from our government, you know, regarding, you know, the importance of getting your flu shot and, you know, being proactive? How, how do you think the messaging is? I think they could have done more. They could have done it way earlier. They should have, um, they should be employing, you know, strategies like having vaccine clinics in schools. Uh, they've done it with other types of vaccines. For those families that want to have the vaccine, they should make it as convenient as possible for them. So that would be one way of doing it. Uh, the messaging has just not been good enough. And the fact that not once do they address the fact that um, they should be trying to reduce transmission as much as possible, um, they have not been doing, they've not been addressing that as enough. The other part of the announcement that got a lot of reaction was to do with masks. They were seen as not necessary. Our provincial health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry, said, we have to balance risk and the measures that we have that can help prevent transmission that don't interfere with all of those important social activities that especially children need, but we all need in our communities. What do you think of the statement that she made on that? It's incongruous because masks actually help keep society open because people are able to participate in activities where you are in close contact with each other without getting sick. So what she's not addressing is the fact that when people are sick, there's a lot of disruption that happens. So in the school level, you know, there's a lot of learning loss when teachers are sick and no TOC is sent, you know, because districts are running out of TOC, there is so much illness. Um, which means that support staff get redeployed into that classroom, but it means of a variety of teachers in that classroom every single day until that teacher comes back. So, you know, in terms of of continuity of programming, it's just not happening. And the other thing that people aren't, aren't, and Dr. Henry is not thinking about, is, you know, when 
half the class is sick or 30% of the class is sick, it's not like they're all sick the one week and then they come back. It would be more like 20% are sick one week and then a different 20% another week and then 30% the week after. There's this rotating door of students who are coming in and some are away and some aren't. How do you keep up any continuity continuity of programming in that case as well. Um, it would be better if, like now that it's obvious that illness is spreading through schools, why are we not putting in measures like universal mask protection? Why are they not explaining to the public that masks are a protection? They are not a restriction. They're actually a protection that surgeons have used for decades. And, you know, for you as a teacher, I kind of want you to talk about, you know, what impact does it have on you, especially when you have students that are in and out of the classroom? And like you said, like maybe there's a certain set of kids that are gone and then, okay, they leave and then I've got another set of kids that are out. Like how challenging is that for you as a teacher, especially just to be able to, you know, do your job? It is challenging in that. um, It's challenging in that it's hard to because a lot of the lessons you build up on. You know, the teaching today is not like, oh, here's a worksheet, go do it. Um, There's actual lessons that we build up on that you need to have been to the first lesson to be able to do the second and then to do the third, et cetera, et cetera. So anyone who teaches math will understand that. You need to get the basics down first before you you head on to what's next. Um, So having, you know, this many students away at this many times, like at this frequency, is quite disruptive. Um, now, I've been able to use open windows, and I do happen to have a HEPA filtration unit in my class because my class does not have mechanical ventilation. So with a lot of air cleaning and uh, making sure the windows are open, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it hasn't been too bad in my room. However, I've heard from other teachers that illness has affected their rooms quite severely. And actually, I know this might be a bit hard for you to answer and you can't speak for all teachers and their situations, but do a lot of teachers have, you know, access to ventilation and those those systems that help kind of clean up the air there? This is a frustration um, with that is that the province has not been transparent at all with what um, which so teachers don't know like they they don't have a clear um, reporting on what their air quality is like in their own classrooms. So there have been districts that you know put up a ventilation document that you can look at. However, there are statements in there like. MERV-13 filtration has been put in when possible. Well, how do you know? We know that some old schools can only take MERV-8 or MERV-11 just because it would overload the fan otherwise. So which schools are those? Which classrooms are those? Which ones have MERV-13 and which ones don't? Um, So the province has not been forthright with that. And so, I mean, it's a big question mark. Yeah. And that's frustrating. Mm. And Jennifer, you know, what are some steps that you'd like to see moving forward, especially, you know, to help protect um, the school community? I would say number one, 
is the federal government gave British Columbia $11.9 million in July of this year specifically for clean air in schools. We have not seen any evidence that that money has been spent. And to be able to reach the majority of classrooms, what they should be doing is spending that money on portable HEPA filtration units so that cleaner air can be put in as many classrooms as possible. And that includes ones that have mechanical ventilation. There was a study done um, in, in a Californian university where they showed that mechanical ventilation plus HEPA filtration lowered the incidence of COVID in those, and COVID is what they were studying, but it would also help with flu and colds and other um, RSV, other respiratory illnesses as well. So they show that adding the HEPA filtration into those spaces reduced the numbers of cases. You know, when we've got evidence like that coming up from various parts around the world, there's also been a study in Italy that showed the value of HEPA filtration units. I think it's needed now. I mean, this this particular season is worse than we've ever seen. Why not put those things in place? And the disappointing part is they've had this money since July. Why did they not spend it so that schools could have these things in place in September? This is the and Why are they not doing anything about it now? There's still no indication that they're planning to spend that money in a way that's going to benefit students and staff. Jennifer, I want to thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And if people perhaps, you know, want to get involved, they want to help out teachers, in what ways can they show their support? I would say to write to their district, write to the MLAs, demand that we get cleaner air in schools, ask that mask, uh, universal mask protections be returned, do the best they can to pressure the government into doing what's right for our students. Thank you so much, Jennifer. You take care. Thank you so much.